Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. And uh, we're going to have an interesting, interesting time on the air today, uh, talking about some things that are coming down uh, in our direction. I was just listening to an incredible video, which I actually want to line up for you right now uh, and make sure that everybody has an opportunity to see this. So um, let me, allow me for one minute, I got a little behind schedule this morning, to uh, bring this video up and we'll give people an opportunity to uh, get in there and get online and see what we're going to do here. So let me just get to my Gmail account, and we'll get this coming in right here. All right, so let's go this way and come on into this. So trust you're all having a great day today. We certainly are moving in that direction. And uh, and a little late in the program so I just got this incredible um, email from a brother uh, that is right on uh, with his walk with the Lord, number one. Uh, let's see if I can find this somewhere else. Let's download this, baby. And um, here we go. That's the one I'm going to open the file. And so let's go here. And let's open it. Send it here. All right. Let's see if I can get this to go for us. I'm not going to be able to get it to go for us. That's okay. Oh, okay. okay. So let me 
get this lined up. I think I've got it ready to go. And again, we're just saying good morning to you from the state of Florida. And Pastor Ken Maddox just sent me this video. And it was interesting because Patricia and I were talking about how Charles Schwab, I guess his name was, uh, the Davos, Switzerland, you know, New World Order guy is talking about how everybody will have nothing and be happy about it. And uh, thank God we're Christian men and women in Jesus Christ as Lord of heaven and earth. And thank God that our economy is in him and not in this world. And though they took everything from us in this world, according to Hebrews chapter 10, that's not a big deal because our habitation is in the heavens forever. And that is the truth, by the way. Life on earth is a vapor. It is short. We thank God for the breath of life, the gift of life, no doubt about it. But there are these kind of people that are suggesting that they have the answer for we the little people, according to their thinking. And um, again, I want to get this out to you and share it. So let me find out how to do exactly that now. So I want to get back to my screen. And um, how do you do stuff like this? That's a great question. All right, so we'll get out of here. I don't think we need that anymore, and I don't think we need this anymore. And we'll just get back to our uh, bada-bing, bada-boom. We'll go here, and we should be back in our... Now, what did I do? Did I knock us off the screen? Let's see. I did, I did, I did. I, I may have. Let's go here. All right, so with that being said, no, we want to go like this. And uh, say some good mornings today, first of all, to Kevin Hauger. Good morning, Kevin. God bless you, sir. And to uh, Joyce Young. Good morning, Joyce. God bless you. Good to see everyone today. Dennis Stossman, Pastor Denny, good to see you. Uh, Charlotte Gotch is with us this morning. And um, kind of getting a rough start on things, but I think it'll be worth it here in just a second. And what I need to do is share my screen. And let's get into share screen and let's share the screen. And we'll start the broadcast with this, and I think this is where we'll have our conversation. Um, and I'm pretty sure I want to get to this right here. So, no, that's not where I want to be. Bummer. All right. Uh, online call, new. No, 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 no. So I'm going to have to bring this up. And I wonder if you guys can see that or not. I wonder if you can see that or not. I'm just not sure how that works. Let's see if you can see it. Let's see if I can share it. No. Okay, so let's try it this way. And download it. Okay. We already did that. Let's see if you guys are picking up. Okay, so obviously I can't do that right now. Too late in the broadcast to do it. So what I'm going to do is just um, go back to our normal spot here. But it was an excellent video, and it had to do with uh, how the um, what we call the globalists, the New World Order, are kind of shaping the environment right now, shaping the crises. Uh, you know the old saying that. Um, uh, never, you know, let a good crisis go to waste. I think Hillary Clinton coined that phrase. But anyways, you know, those things are kind of important, but not totally important. Um, I've been sharing uh, since we've been here how God has 
in my heart personally has unveiled something that I can't wait till next weekend. I want to be back home and I want to be with our Ecclesia. Uh, I know Saturday night we're going to be seeing a video, I think it is. So Sunday, we're going to launch a message that if, if it were up to me, if I, if I understood it properly, it would be a message that really has the potential to shake the earth. It's God's word. I mean, anytime God says something, it's earth shaking. And it really puts the Charles Schwab's and uh, the global elite and the, uh, you know, the people on the left uh, into such a, an embarrassing position when they compare their power, their glory, to the power and glory of our Father God in heaven and his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And I, and I mean that with all my heart. That's not just religious uh, talk. That is, um, it, the only thing is, is that these men of the world, they come up with ideas, right? And then they, they, they shape them. That's what Charles Schwab was saying. Uh, we're going to shape the crises. And they actually have hands-on, uh, whereas they are able to manipulate the banks. They're able to manipulate the news media. They're able to manipulate the narrative. They're able to control just about everything in this physical planet. And we as Christians, we get a word from God and it's a dynamic word, and it is a spiritual word, but the only way to see that word fulfilled is if God steps in and does it. Unless, of course, God reveals things, because he says he doesn't do any, He doesn't do anything unless he first reveal it to his prophets. The prophets then speak the word, and the people of God that have ears to hear will hear the word, and then they will respond to the word one way or another. And Usually what happens in the prophetic is that a trumpet sounds and it comes seemingly out of nowhere and nobody's heard this before, seen this before, hadn't been thinking about it before, and suddenly God is declaring his purpose in the earth. God is declaring what he's about to do. And meanwhile, everybody on earth is looking at what they're doing and how things are shaping up on the planet, and then all of a sudden God sends something from heaven, from another dimension of reality, and he puts it in the heart of, of his prophets or who, whatever vessel he chooses, and he launches that. He speaks that word, uh, kind of like Jeremiah spoke the words of God. He says, I'm putting my words in your mouth, and you will speak them. And if you don't speak them, I'm going to embarrass you before them. He says to Ezekiel, <clears throat> eat this scroll. Uh, it'll be sweet as honey in your mouth, bitter in your stomach. He says to the Apostle John in the book of Revelation, take this scroll, eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey, in my belly bitter. So what was happening is they were eating the words of God, and then they were speaking the words of God to an environment where nobody was hearing the words of God or hadn't heard the word of God. So God has a word for today. And it's interesting that the words that God speak, they must manifest. They must become a reality. The idea of speaking them first, kind of like the children of Israel when they were in Egypt, uh, the first thing that they heard was about this promised land, this land that flows with milk and honey. Uh, the prophets were coming forward and in, in, uh, describing to their minds uh, this land that had been promised to their forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, 400 and some odd years earlier. And now they were the recipients of it, but here they are locked up in Egypt. And so God has to get them from the, yeah, from, good morning, Mrs. Xavier. Good morning, Tate. <clears throat> yeah. 
So God has to get them from the Egyptian empire into that promised land, but it began with them just hearing it. And then the rest had to be left up to God, you know, and, and it was dependent upon their faith as to <clears throat> how they would respond to what they were hearing. For Israel, you know, being slaves in the Egyptian empire, you know, making brick without straw, um, you know, being under hard taskmasters uh, was a very difficult thing. So it was a very pleasing sound about this land flowing with milk and honey, this promised land that a covenant was made with Abraham so many years earlier. And for them to hear that in, a, in, in the midst of their reality, you know, their reality was getting up every morning and laboring and ha- hearing the sound of whips and Egyptian masters and, you know, put sweat on their backs and carrying all the the necessary items and laboring all day long in a foreign land. That was their reality, but they were hearing something from another reality, from another place. And who's this guy, Moses? You know, who does he think he is coming in here telling us anything? It was a man that God had raised up to declare unto them a purpose, a purpose in the economy of God. And what God was doing was reshaping their thinking about everything that their existence was not to be in a land called Egypt as slaves to the Egyptian empire, that because of a covenant that had been made 430 years earlier or so, that they were coming to a realization of who they really were. And I believe it's important that God's people understand the covenant that we've been enjoined to, a covenant that was ratified 2,000 years ago, And to understand that in our moment, in our generation, as we're looking at what's going on in the earth, that we understand that we're connected to something way beyond what's going on right here and right now. And it's not just about getting through, dying, and going to heaven. It's not about that at all. It's something that our generation will experience, something that will be manifested in our generation. And it's it's critical. Um, It always is opportunity in the midst of a crisis, and we certainly know that a crisis is coming on the earth right now. It's been here for a bit, but that crisis is increasing, no doubt about it. So God begins to speak things, and he begins to say things. And people, you know, maybe you're in a, in a, in a relationship, maybe you're in a, a dead-end job, maybe you're bored with your life, but you're going through the motions, and all of a sudden somebody comes into your world and speaks a word into your mind, and it's something you haven't been considering you haven't been thinking about it. All you've been thinking about is, you know, the ABCs right here, right now, dealing with this, dealing with that. Um, and yet God brings this elevating word, a, and a true word. I'm talking about the words of God, not just man's fluff and stuff. I'm talking about God's word. And so the word comes in and it opens the eyes. It opens the mind. It opens the imagination and uh, the potential and the possibility that there's something more than what we're in. And I believe that's what God wants to say to us. And we're going to get into that today, and I'm excited about it. Um, I'm thinking right now about uh, Pastor Kevin Honeycutt. I'm thinking about our brother. I'm thinking about our friend. I'm thinking about uh, his, his crises that they've just gone through. Uh, his beloved wife of 34 years, Sister Nancy, uh, passed away a few days ago. And uh, she went, obviously, to be with the Lord. And I believe that God has this under his perfect control and power. And so uh, Pastor Kevin is going to um, walk through this moment 
and he's going to arise and he's going to go forth in the purpose of God and God's going to do some amazing things in their life. But um, again, we just are thinking about him. We're thinking about his wife. Um, anytime somebody suffers loss that's kind of close to you, uh, there's a lot of death. There's a lot of loss everywhere all over the world every single day. And we walk by it and it really doesn't touch us because, after all, we didn't know who they were. Um, but when we have connected ourselves to people and have prayed with them and they have prayed with us and we have prayed for them and they prayed for us and you begin to develop that spiritual connection, that union, um, it's, not, it's not that easy just to, you know, get on with the business of the day. So um, there's a favorite scripture of mine, and I've been, I've been reading this for years at the loss of people, uh, especially when my pastor died. Uh, R. Paul Carroll in 1991, when I was seeking the Lord on that, I got a scripture out of Isaiah, and it was simply this, that the righteous man perisheth, and no one takes it to heart, that the righteous perish to keep them from the evil that is to come. And I've often thought about saints who have died uh, in the righteousness of Christ, that there's something in God's knowing that they are spared from the evils that are going to come upon this earth. And I don't claim to understand the depth of that, why, uh, you know, you and I are still here. Maybe God believes that we're going to be able to be okay. Maybe he uh, trusts us with what he's given us. And yet I know that there are brothers and sisters that have died since the beginning of time, and uh, we just leave them in God's hands. I mean, there's nothing else to do, but we don't sorrow as others sorrow, we rejoice uh, ultimately in the resurrection. And that's one of the great hopes of our faith is in the resurrection of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And so because of the resurrection, we have hope. We have hope. And we have not only hope for ourselves that if we were to die, we would be resurrected, but we have hope for others who have gone on before us. And that's pure gospel right there. So, let me say good morning to uh, Sister Laquita. We are so excited for you to have had time away to rest and download and very eager for your return home. Amazing how much we miss you both. Can't wait for Sunday. Amen, Laquita. Thank you. And we do miss being home too. And uh, I think we're at the point of a uh, dear friend told us that normally it takes two weeks to download. The first week you're just, you're, you're coming down off of that constant and then you finally slide into a little bit of rest. And I think we're right there. Um, Diane Gravely, good morning to all saints of God. Be still and know that I am God. Greetings. Amen to that, Diane. That's a true word from the Lord. I've got a story I could tell you on that one. So to our New Wine Ministry family, you guys had a great weekend. I saw Pastor Ken Wagner ministered on Saturday and saw uh, Deacon Michael uh, ministered for us on Sunday. And uh, you guys are just gathering together and, you know, just getting along and was kind of watching your, um, you know, your, your, your time together after the services and how sweet that really was. And um, we'll be seeing you all this weekend for sure, uh, by the grace of God. And I hear that you all are getting ready for a little uh, ice storm, a little ice storm getting ready to break out in Northwest Arkansas area and in other parts of the country, obviously. But um, I'm so sorry that uh, it's going to be 78, 82, 85, where we're at right now, sunny days, 
Um, it's nice. Patricia said yesterday, sure would be nice if everybody could come on down to Florida, you know, during these cold parts of the month. I've been in ice storms. I've been in snowstorms. They're not that bad. And you know that, and I know that. They're not that bad. But it is actually pretty nice to be back in the sunshine, uh, to have a little warm weather, and uh, have done basically zero, nothing, just um, relaxed. That's what we've been doing for the most part. So I sure do wish I could have showed that to you, but I can't. So where do we begin today in this uh, stirring? I'm not going to, I will not share what I'm going to share on Sunday. I'm tempted to, but I won't. So let's go to Ottawa, Canada for a moment. I was looking at video last night uh, of a day ago of Ottawa. And as you know, several weeks ago, there was this big rally, this protest, um, a convoy of truckers and protesters that got together. And uh, the video that I saw, they're gone. It's, it's over. It's done. Uh, they left. They were humiliated. At the end of the videos I saw, uh, they were treated like dogs. Uh, a much stronger police presence in military gear showed up. I, I guess it would be two days now. Um, there were no trucks in the area. The people, the streets were empty. And the remaining few were being barked at by the military uh, police, the militarized police officers. Um, and it was, they were pretty, they were hardcore. They weren't the polite, hold back, take it easy. And so it's all over now. And you ask yourself, well, what did it accomplish? Well, what it accomplished was for Trudeau, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, uh, to exercise his military power and to feel more like a god than ever. You have to remember Trudeau is a very young uh, globalist uh, in the economic forum. He's a very young globalist. Um, and he's backed up by the elder globalist. And so his uh, moxie, his strength, his power uh, really did not come from within himself. It came with who was backing him. And that's really important for Christians to understand, too, who's backing us when we do what God tells us to do. So uh, as far as Ottawa is concerned, what was achieved? Uh, every person from Canada that I listen to are sad uh, they're saying it's the saddest day in Canadian history, um, that really nothing was accomplished. All they did was give greater power to the authority of that governmental power, and it was backed by a globalist power, there's no doubt. Now, supposedly, uh, there is another convoy ready to happen um, in California, right around Los Angeles, the stadium, Los Angeles Stadium. From what I understand, at first I heard it was going to be in Barstow. And I, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But uh, for those that say they are going to uh, be a part of this convoy, um, some man went out in, from Pennsylvania and talked about how they're going to surround the Beltway in Washington, D.C. They're going to be like a boa constrictor. They're going to wrap themselves around D.C. and they're going to choke it off. Um, he went out live on that, and it's kind of like, well, you know, the FBI feeling threatened in these world powers you know, will that man actually ever make it to the scene, you wonder. Um, but anyways, if there is going to be a convoy um, here in the United States, the convoy of the people, what will it accomplish? You know, that's what we were talking about on Friday. And what will it accomplish? The young man I was going to tell you about, by the way, hopefully Anthony 
uh, will be with me tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow. Probably not tomorrow. Unless he joins us on the broadcast, we could do it that way. Um, but he owns a, a trucking a truck park business, and he's very much involved in the truckers across the country. So I think he'd have a great insight. So if there is a rallying to take place, and it begins in Los Angeles or Barstow, and they take this 10-day trip across the country, and uh, during those 10 days, there's an amassing of the people. There's an amassing of the people. And the people start rallying down uh, to Washington, D.C., and they go through some of these states that have Democratic governors. Uh, you know, what is there? And um, if what just happened in Canada was speaking globally, which some people said this wasn't just about Canada, it was for the world, well, it just shows that the world um, basically lost uh, to the powers. And I was thinking of a scripture, and it's in Revelation chapter 13. And we, we've read this so many times, but I think to understand it right now, uh, maybe we need to put this out there. Maybe this is the moment for it, sorry, and uh, maybe not. But it says in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 3. Let me just pick it up in Revelation 13, verse 3. I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, speaking of this great beast, okay, with the seven heads and the ten horns. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, listen carefully, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Ah, who is able to make war with the beast? Well, did we just see kind of a preview in Canada of protesters trying to make war with the beast, which is global government, and eventually will come under the divine power, the undivine power of Lucifer himself, this, the Antichrist, this Satan, this little horn, this, uh, this son of perdition, right? this man of sin. Um, the beast here represents global power. There's no doubt about it, global government. And the cry of the people of earth is who can resist, who can fight, who can stand, who is able to make war with him. And it's because this beast has shown himself so powerful. And so the people that are siding with the government right now, like up in Canada, they have sided with the government uh, the people that are vaccinated, the people that have taken the jab, the people that are cooperative, the people that are, you know, just consistently alongside of governmental powers, uh, which there's a lot of people in the world that are, believe it or not, and they just kind of believe and trust the science and the government and all that. Um, they're getting to the place of, man, who, look at these people tried to protest, and they weren't able to stand. And so I think we just saw a strengthening of bestial powers from a biblical perspective and that this coming convoy, if it gets off the ground, if people show up, if people get involved um, in the United States of America and the truckers move before the people and the protesters join and you get on Interstate 40 and uh, you get involved in that and everybody is going to Washington, D.C., the question is, what will they be met with in Washington, D.C.? 
what will happen to the truckers there if what just happened to the truckers in Canada, they sent them away. Now, the truckers in Canada insisted upon a peaceful protest. They insisted, peace, leave us alone. We just don't want the mandates. We want to have our freedom to make our decisions about everything. We didn't elect you to be our big dad or big brother or father or mother or anything like that. We elected you to serve the purposes of our Constitution. Well, that's how it is in the United States as well. We know that, that we have a Constitution. We are the land of the free, the home of the brave. The problem is, with all of our patriotism, and I've been saying this for a long time, is we, you could see an American patriot movement, and you could see the people gathering together and flowing into that direction, um, but I'm not so sure that that'll result in anything positive, as I'm thinking about it, because it doesn't appear that these globalists, whether it's Joe Biden or Justin Trudeau or whoever, are going away, that there seems to be a greater backing of power and an employment of more sophisticated weaponry and training. And even though there are a lot of people in our country that um, have guns and we have military, um, that there's not as much training in your, you know, your general public, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but now you have to accompany that with an understanding that our society today is different when it was 200 some odd years ago when the Revolutionary War was fought um, and all the uh, farmers and pastors and the locals got together, the, the militia uh, that were used, you know, they just weren't as trained as the military powers, but it was a much more moral time than it is today. And now America as a nation, a full-blown nation, divided down the middle uh, with the apostasy of morality. I mean, the defection of morality is obvious in our nation. Uh, the promotion of wickedness and sin in our nation. Uh, the environment that has been created because of a church that has chosen the limelight of success and cameras and big stages and money and whatever else comes along with, you know, this whole charade. Um, the, the voice that should have been convicting and standing in the gap for an entire generation has gone silent. And so now we see all this happening. And you just sit back and you wonder, okay, if Canada was the picture, well, what happened? It wasn't successful. A few people got out there, danced, raised their flags, insulted Trudeau with some of their signs. But it didn't succeed anything. And here in the United States, back on January 6th, when about a million people showed up in Washington, D.C., um, in a very peaceful protest, did nothing except for the Capitol building with a few people in comparison to a million people, um, you know, the million people didn't do a thing. And yet they took that and they demonized it. And their demonization of January 6th, you heard those overtones in Canada suggesting that that mob out there, the insurrectionists, they were using the same language because this is the globalist agenda. This is the globalist agenda. Well, there may very well be a protest, and this may be the, you know, Custard's last stand um, as far as American citizens realizing that they've been in the boiling pot with the proverbial frog in the pot scenario, and they're going to try to leap out of it at this point. Um, and there may be, you know, you know, it would be an awesome thing to see 80 million Americans, and that's what it would take, basically, uh, 80 million Americans to flow into Washington, D.C. and 
uh, do what the Declaration of Independence said to do with a government that's the government that's in power today, which is all smoke and mirrors. There's no reality to it. There's no strength to it. Where uh, it's a very sad thing that goes on in politics. But that's, again, corruption. Uh, corruption eventually, like a tooth uh, that's rotten and through decay, um, it just becomes useless. And you have useless government, and it's only a self-serving government today. Uh, they really don't care about the people because if they did care about the people, they would understand the constitutional rights of Americans today and understand that we need to allow them to make their decisions, that they're not being vaccinated, it's not putting the world in a threat, um, you know, and, and, and whatever they want to do, do it, but don't force it on everybody else. That's the whole point, as you know. But um, rotten government, decayed government, corrupt government, uh, infiltrates every part of that government, every aspect in the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, Homeland Security, all of it gets corrupted. And that means that it starts turning from its genuine purpose of protecting the people of this nation uh, into demonizing people that don't go along with the corrupt government that's in power. And so, but this is biblical. This is the beast. You're, you're literally witnessing before your eyes the rise of a beast government, a beast power. And even though it appears to be localized government in Canada, localized government in the United States, localized government in London, localized, but it's really not local. It is all interconnected and there is an oligarchy of elite. Uh, and then ultimately the stage is set just waiting for the all seeing eye, uh, Lucifer, Satan, to step into the position of power um, which we believe prophetically is ahead of us. It's kind of on the way, uh, that wrestling in the, in the realm of demonic angels in Revelation chapter 12. I think that war is really beginning to intensify. Uh, we know what happens. We know that the angels, Michael and his angels, win that battle. And we know that in those that follow him, the, in the angelic, the demonic, are cast onto the earth. And then he wakes up with fury and he begins his three-and-a-half-year global war on everything that's called God. That's the Bible. It's simple. We'll leave the, uh, you know, the impressive uh, thinking to other people. But uh, that's what the Bible says without any man's interpretation or opinion. So we do believe that, uh, that the Antichrist that has been prophesied to come for 2,000 years, two millennial days, will come at the end of this second day and uh, will bring the world through the Great Tribulation, uh, which is the transition period. And on the other side of it, if you're born again, you're in great shape. If you're not, you're in a lot of trouble. So let's say 80 million people stream into Washington, D.C. Let's say 10 million people. What are they going to be met with? What is going to happen? Um, again, the provocation in Canada, and when they chose to shut it down after showing these insurrectionists, these, these mobsters, these criminals, uh, these people that blocked the roads and, and, and did what they did, they, they, what they what the news media did, propaganda, was show them and then paint a picture about who they really are, which is not a pretty picture, so that the eyes of the rest of the world can begin to say, you, you know, they, you're, you demonize people, you know, you don't even deserve to live, which gets into dehumanization. I mean, you're not, you're not even a human being. So uh, we're just in the midst of this conflict right now. We're standing on the outside looking in, but uh, this is what's going on, and it's going to escalate because... The Bible says, and Jesus, and whatever he says is going to come to pass, that nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. 
Uh, there's going to be commotion, trouble, conflict, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing for fear of things coming upon the earth. Um, men's, men's hearts are going to grow increasingly wicked. Evil men will get worse and worse. They'll wax worse and worse. Uh, men's hearts will become implacable, hard-hearted. Many are going to lose their love. Many are going to be offended. Um, you know, there's birth pangs that are happening, right? You know, everything that Jesus talked about that we have taught for nearly, gosh, 30 years um, is happening. And we had the ability to go through the word yesterday step-by-step step with somebody and lead them through, and they finally saw, uh, you know, beyond the, um, you know, the preacher of rapture doctrine. And uh, it was beautiful to watch, and I thank God for that. Um, so when we go take the word, we see it. So if God's people, you see 80 million Americans going to Washington, D.C., is an earth event, right? But the message that I've got from the Lord in the Holy Spirit, God's word, in this transition time that we're in, and then being in Florida, the download was absolutely amazing. I've written it out, and that's what we're going to be releasing on Wednesday. But here's the deal. If God's people understood who was backing them in their power, you see, Justin Trudeau backed by the global elite, the elders, if you will. The church is backed up by the very power of the throne of God, according to the word of God. Every true believer has access to the power of God to declare and to, and to do things on this earth. Uh, for example, right now, uh, and I've been saying this for years as well because the Bible says it, um, that there are prophets like Elijah, um, there are individuals that have an ability, uh, like Moses, take Moses and Elijah for an example, uh, what did Moses do? Well, he had a staff, he had a rod, and with that rod, he was able to strike the earth or the Egyptian empire. And every time he, excuse me, every time he raised up his rod, uh, something would happen. And he was contending with world powers with the power of heaven itself. And so what he did was he struck the Egyptian empire with plagues. And you say, well, it was God who did it. It was, but it was really Moses having that authority that God was backing up. God would tell him what to do, and he would do it, and it happened. And so Elijah, another example, Elijah, he shuts up the entire nation of Israel with a three-and-a-half-year drought where there's no water, there's no clouds, there's no rain, and it creates famine, and it creates hunger, and it creates thirst, and it creates an environment on the world. He struck the earth with a plague, okay? In Revelation chapter 11, there are two witnesses, and everybody wonders who the two witnesses are, and they are very much anointed like Elijah and Moses, no doubt, because they turn water into blood. They shut up the heavens that it does not rain. Um, so the ministry of Moses and Elijah is referred to in the two end-time witnesses in Revelation 11. But what do they do? They strike the earth as often as they will with as many plagues as they choose. And if you touch them, fire comes out of their mouths, and they, the people that try to come against them die. Now, to me, that is governmental power. That is governmental authority. And that is... Uh, where I believe the true ecclesia needs to go in a demonstration of divine power and authority. 80 million Americans showing up in Washington, D.C. 
Well, I think that would have a very profound effect. I doubt that 80 million Americans are going to show up, though, uh, because of the sin issue. There's so much. You have no idea that behind the scenes, the demonic has so much power and authority to prevent things and hinder things and stop things. Paul the Apostle, a very righteous man of God, said Satan hindered us. And if Satan can hinder the holiest men of God on the earth, well, people that are laden with pornography, smoking, drinking, lying, cheating, swearing, cursing, which represents a lot of patriots, quite frankly. Um, this is, and that's not a degradation against patriotism. It's just a reality. Um, you know, and then you have people that want to back Trump that were homosexuals, lesbians, transgender. We're the homosexuals for Trump. The devil can use that, is my point. Uh, if he can hinder holy men of God, what can he do to unholy men of God? I mean, so I don't believe that 80 million people are going to show up there. However, if there were 50, just 50 men and women of God in this country who will have locked themselves up with the Lord and have a message from the Lord to speak, right? If those 50 people lifted up their voice, like Moses did in his generation, if they lifted up their staff, their rod, as Moses did, if they, like Elijah, spoke the word and it did not rain for three and a half years, regardless of what they tried to do, it didn't work. See, this is how the church interferes and hinders the work of the devil, the work of the Antichrist. Where What's very interesting about this moment is while we believe that the ecclesia, the called out ones, that's what the word church means, ecclesia in the Greek, it means called out ones, called out from the world, from the flesh, from the demonic, called into the kingdom, right? So we're born again, spirit-filled Christians that have a new identity, living in a new uh, atmosphere or an environment known as the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And that's awesome. So if 50 people in this country would raise up their voice with apostolic authority or prophetic authority or kingdom authority or governmental authority and have the word of the Lord and speak, well, you would have a massive hindrance. You would begin to see the plagues of God poured out on the empire. And quite frankly, we've said this again going back a long time ago and have actually spoken uh, to the disruption of this uh, apostasy and rebellion against God uh, throughout the years. And that's why when events would come, we knew they weren't just natural events. We knew that we, there was a striking of this country, breaking into its facade and uh, unveiling it for what it really was. And now you're seeing the fruits of what they really are, um, the people that are controlling things for evil. So 50 people raising up their voice, declaring in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, that's the rod of our authority, his name. But you see, so many people today don't want that. They want to be calm. They want to be peace. They want love. They want joy. Um, but the peace and the harmony, the love and the happiness and the joy that they're looking for, in many cases, is their own peace, their own joy, their own love, their own happiness. It has nothing to do with God's righteousness. It has nothing to do with the portal of the one who created mankind on the earth. Um, you know, all kinds of people want harmony, but it's not in harmony with God. So what they're asking for 
the world will say, peace, peace. You know, they're going to cry for peace. They're going to desire peace. But they don't want God's peace. Jesus said, the peace I give you is not as the world gives you. So the world has its own kind of peace, its own kind of love, its own kind of harmony and happiness. But the true peace, the true love, the true happiness and joy of the Lord is in Christ Jesus. It's found in God. That's period. There's no, no other thing to say about that. So striking the earth with as many plagues as possible, that happens just prior to this Antichrist coming. And at that moment when he comes and this great tribulation commences, that's where people need to be become aware. So <laughs> we're asking the question, what time is it? What time is it? In the economy of God, what time is it? Klaus Schwab believes it's time to shape the crises. Uh, he believes it's time to shape it and control it and produce a narrative that's globalistic in nature. And he believes that the next great crisis is going to be the climate control, that all these different crises that are happening, um, they are controlling the crises, making use of them for their own global control. Um, <clears throat> so when you have people on earth that have the money, they have the power, the political power, the political persuasion, um, and they control everything. They're shaping it. They're putting their hands to it. Unless God's people do the same thing, in other words, press into God and get something from the Lord and say, okay, what about this moment, Lord? What, what needs to be declared? What needs to be spoken? Because I'm going to be very honest with you right now. The things that are happening on this earth and in this nation, they were spoken and declared years ago. You are now living in the environment and the context of what people years ago, when we began to speak this word, were raising their eyebrows and saying, oh, come on, you know, gloom and doom. They're not saying that anymore. They're not saying that in Canada anymore. They're not saying that in Israel anymore. They're not saying that in the United States anymore. They're living in it. And it's just a beginning of what's coming. And we do know that. I mean, these are the mild birth pangs. Uh, these aren't the chariots. These are the footmen. This is easy stuff right now. Because, quite frankly, there's still a lot of room to maneuver in the world in which we live, in the country in which we live. It's not that bad yet, but we're expecting an acceleration and a shift uh, as we come to the end of February. I think March is going to be rather intense. And then you did hear, obviously, that Joe Biden, and this was interesting, and I don't think people realize this. Uh, Joe Biden just came out yesterday, or it was the day before. I've lost track of time for a second. Um, and he basically extended the Emergencies Power Act. Um, I guess there, we've been under the Emergency Power Act, which is likened in the martial law. Now, Canada also was under the Emergencies Power Act, and Justin Trudeau yesterday, because of what just happened, extended that as well, which is the Emergency Power Act, as I understand it, is just like martial law, which is giving the government in Canada all the power not only to make rules, but over the bank accounts, the money, the children, the family. In other words, the Emergency Powers Act that Justin Trudeau yesterday or the day before, he just said, we're going longer. It was supposed to end. And in America, it was supposed to stop on March 1st. But Joe Biden came out two days ago and said, no, we're going to extend it. We're still under it. We still feel a threat. 
And obviously this big march, this convoy going into Washington, D.C. must have, you know, kind of uh, induced that idea. But how many of you realize that you're living under Emergency Power Act, which is like martial law? And if you get on the wrong side of this moment, then they have power to take and freeze your accounts, your money, take away your land, your property, even your children. They were taking away from the terrorists in Canada because they resisted the government. They protested. And then you see, of course, the hypocrisy that all the people that protested under Donald J. Trump, the president of the United States administration, they were brought to jail for burning a building down and then released 24 hours later. They weren't put in prison for a year like people that showed up in January 6, 2021. So the, the hypocrisy is so outrageous. But again, the minds of the masses are so blinded because the God of this world has blinded their minds that people don't really walk in that revelation. They don't walk in that understanding. They just kind of like to close their eyes. It's a happy life for me. I'm happy. Nothing's a problem for me. I just kind of go with the flow, and there's no problem for me, 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 me. Um, and yet they don't realize somebody said, and I saw a man say this in Canada yesterday about the old saying, and I'm going to mess it up really bad, but uh, somebody came for the, <clears throat> the truckers, and nobody said a word. And somebody came for the protesters that stood by the truckers and nobody said a word. And then they came for me and there was nobody left to speak on my behalf. And that's kind of how a trucker poised it yesterday. And, you know, today we may say, well, they're having problems, they're having problems, but we are silent with those problems. We close our eyes, close our ears, shut our hearts. We don't want to hear that. Well, it gets closer and closer. And then eventually, particularly if you're a conservative, if you're a Christian, if you believe in the Bible, if you believe in the end times, if you believe in morality, if you believe in righteousness, if you have a responsibility as a believer in the word of God to preach the truth, uh, truth like abortion is evil, homosexuality is evil, it's condemned, souls of people that participate in things will go to hell. If you say those things in the new world order of things, then you become the enemy and it gets close to you. So the only thing you can do is shut your mouth and not say a word and keep it safe. But even then, the time will come when they're going to come for you. And that, of course, is unless you defect from the truth with an apostasy, unless we deny the Lord or we betray the Lord or we flee like the disciples did 2,000 years ago. Um, but in reality, it seems like people that are not doing anything right now, they're really setting themselves up for what's inevitable. I'm going to tell you a couple of inevitable things. If the Lord doesn't return in our lifetime, which I think he is, um, but if he didn't, if he waited 100 years, if the Lord returned in 100 years, every single person listening to this broadcast right now will be dead as far as physical life is concerned. Um, we will be those who are believers, true believers, uh, in, in death, we will be resurrected and we'll be with the Lord. I have no doubt about that. My point is, a hundred years from now, on this earth, if the Lord has uh, waited, if he waits a hundred years before his return, none of us will be alive. That's inevitable. We're all going to be gone. Your life, my life, it's not going to go on forever and ever on this earth. And the, the other inevitable thing, the reality, is that you and I, will not take one thing out of this earth in possession. 
Even if they put clothes on our body, rings on our fingers, cover our casket with billion-dollar bills, we're not taking it with us. That body is going to rot in the casket. The maggots are going to eat it. Our soul and spirit will be in two different directions. I believe our spirit, the volition of life, will be with the Lord. Our soul will be, could be in a number of different places. Um, but I don't want to get into that right now. But the fact is, we're leaving this planet with nothing. So you could play it safe all you want to. You could, you could take life and just play it safe and never say anything or do anything. Just kind of have your own little me, myself, and I party about my life. And eventually it's going to come. And again, if you're a true believer in Jesus Christ, you need to know something from God today. You need to read the Bible and you need to do what the Bible says to do. You need to be salt. You need to be light. You need to walk in the righteousness of God, fruit of the Holy Spirit. We all do, obviously. But what about this moment? What about this potential convoy? And again, I, I'm, not, I'm saying potential because I don't know if they're actually going to do it or not. I've seen videos. Uh, you know, I'm kind of, you know, when I see that actually moving, we'll, we'll, we'll view it. Um, so what, is the, what, what part does everybody have to play in this? Um, we need to hear from the Lord. And if the 50 people or the 500 people or the 5,000 Christians or the 50,000 Christians or the 500,000 Christians or the 5 million Christians, you know there are 5 million Christians in the United States. It's probably a lot more than that, right? Say 50% of the population, it used to be 70 to 80%. Um, you know, say 50% is like 180 million, right? So let's just say 5 million Christians raising up their voice at the same exact time that have a prophetic unction, an anointing from the Lord with direction of what they're to speak, were to speak it in the next five days, And in the next five days, five million Christians with prophetic authority, and you don't have to be a prophet to have that authority. You can come boldly before the throne of grace in the time of need. You have access if you're born again. Reminds me, uh, we were on the the beach the other day, and they had this big drum meeting thing going on, this big drum stuff. I'll tell you just a quick story here. And uh, it's demonic, pure demonic. And then there's this road that takes you, it's like a, a walking road, takes you right down to the water, to the beach. And on this side was a huge gathering of people, you know, bopping to the drum beat, doing all that stuff. On the other side, Robert, who, Robert and Christina, who we stay with here in their home, he, he does ministry at the beach every week. And so he took us uh, to this, there was a tent with a guy whose name was Chris, and we walked over there, and Chris, they're on the other side of this pathway. And so you have a huge group here, small handful of people here. And Chris is preaching on the loud folk, and the guy's message was so clarion clear. It was just anointed word of God as he's 
preaching to people that are walking up and down this path. And on the other side, they got the drums going in the smoke and people are down, you know, doing their thing. Well, he's preaching his heart out. The day before, I was asking everybody, what does Sarasota mean? What does Sarasota mean? So I looked it up, and Sarasota means the place of the dance. And it also means radiation or radiate. And it also speaks about the key of David. And I don't know where they came up with that, but that's what Sarasota means in a lot of these definitions. So I was saying, you know, it's, well, what a prophetic utterance, you know, dancing. The people of God need to dance as unto the Lord, like David danced in the radiance and splendor of the glory of God. Well, sure enough, the next day I'm on the beach and I'm over hanging out with those guys. Um, and he's preaching his heart out and they start saying, come on, let's dance. And they're dancing. And I'm standing there. And I just, the Holy Spirit said, this is it. This is the prophetic. So I dropped the things in my hand, started dancing. Now we're all dancing, you know, the dance of David, and we're turning and swirling and dancing unto the Lord. And it was awesome. But here's the key. There was a pathway, a road. People were coming to and fro on this road. One side, masses of people in darkness. I, I shouted out, like the days of Moses, when the people were having a big orgy as Moses was coming down the mountain, there they were, boom, da boom, doing their orgy thing. And I realized that Jesus taught that we're on the narrow pathway. The believers go on to a narrow pathway, but the, the, the broad way, the wide road that leads to destruction. And I just noticed how people were coming to and fro and they had a decision to make. Do I go over there and go to the drumbeat? Or who are these Christians over here preaching the love of Jesus Christ, repentance, baptism, holiness, love, value? They're dancing. They're singing. They put some music on. Um, you know, and it's like the people going down life's pathway. Choose. Which, which direction do you want to go? It's life or death. It's darkness or light. And, you know, that kind of leads into or segues into what I'm going to be sharing on Sunday, that we are a generation, there's no doubt in my mind, scripturally and biblically, uh, that we're coming to the end of the age of the great harvest. I don't think a harvest is beginning. I think we've been in harvest for 2,000 years. Uh, 2,000 years ago when the Holy Spirit came, um, I, I better not say another word because I, I got to let this incubate a little bit more, but um, there are still people that haven't made a decision yet. You and I have to be definitely positioned to make sure that we're, you know, I told the guy, Chris, uh, as when he was done preaching, I said, you know what, you're doing what so many people won't do. You're out here on the beach being willing to be made a fool for Christ. You're preaching love in Jesus while the demonic beat and the demons are gathering around these people ready to devour their souls and their lives. Um, and you're out here doing something. And one of the things I'd like to do in Northwest Arkansas is to get a team together and get out to the streets and start making um, Jesus more public rather than in a church building. We got church buildings everywhere. And I, I think that the evangelist needs to get back out into the streets uh, where, where people, where life is going on. And there are some already in the side of the kingdom, and there are many that are not. And the many that are not have rejected it, and they don't want anything to do with it. 
but there are those that have not yet chosen. And I really believe we need to get, I've got a young man in mind that I think has got an anointing for evangelism, a couple of guys actually. And I think we need to get out to the streets and start, you know, sharing the love of Christ, letting Jesus be heard out in the streets of our world today. You know, we see people gathering together and protesting and talking about freedom. Well, what about saints of God gathering together talking about Jesus who gives the freedom, real freedom, not the freedom they want, uh, what the world wants, but the true freedom uh, and liberty that Christ paid for for every one of us. Five million Christians lifting their voice in this country five days from now and shouting the declaration from God's throne. Now, here's the interesting thing. And this is where discernment comes into it, the gift of discernment. Is this the time to do that, to have five million people shout out the direction of God? Or does discernment tell us that you're, you're living in another moment. You're, you're living in a time where that's not going to work. Although I think it would work if 5 million people got a word from the Lord and spoke it. I think that would work. I just don't know if it can happen. Um, or is it that moment in time where what we're witnessing through the lens of global activity or through the lens of scripture at global activity, are we seeing the rise of the beast that no one can make war with? Here it is again. And they worship the beast saying, who is like the beast, global government, and who is able to make war with him? Who was able to make war with him? A revolution, a civil war, where would it end? Well, in the book of Revelation, the revelation is nobody can make war with the beast. Nobody can make war with the beast. It almost sounds like everybody that tried failed. Everybody that tried failed. You cannot make war. Who, who can do it? There's, and there's nothing in this scripture here that talks about the saints of God going to war with them. It's almost as though the saints of God have gone into the wilderness because the chapter before, Revelation 12, it literally says in verse 5 or verse 6, And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. That's three and a half years. And then it says in verse 12 of chapter 12, And when the dragon saw that he was cast into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness into her place where she is nourished for a time, a year, and times, two more years, that's three years, and half a time, three and a half years, from the face of the serpent. So in Revelation chapter 12, verse 6, and Revelation chapter 12, verse 14, you find the woman, the people of God, during the tribulation period where the world is saying nobody can make war with the beast and there's nobody resisting the beast. Look what happens in verse 5 of Revelation 13. And there was given unto him a mouth, this beast, this global government, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him 
to continue 42 months. So Justin Trudeau, preview. Joe Biden, preview. And yet it's all interconnected. And this beast is going to speak, what? Great things and blasphemies. And he's going to continue for three and a half years. He opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, Jesus, Yeshua, his nature, his authority. They're literally going to mock the authority of God because this three-and-a-half-year period of time, the saints are in the wilderness being taken care of. Nobody's challenging the beast government, and the world's going, where is God? And a lot of Christians are going through, man, I don't know which way to go. They're falling away and all this stuff, but he's going to blaspheme his authority his nature, and his character. And you already hear that, you know, this mocking against God and Jesus Christ. It's going to get intense. And uh, them that dwell in heaven. So this, the climate on earth is going to be pure blasphemy, no resistance against this global government. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. All right, so how is the beast the global government going to overcome the saints. They're not going to be able to resist. They're not going to have any power. They're not going to be able to do anything during this three-and-a-half-year period of time. And yet the woman, again, representing a, a, a kind of people in the kingdom, are going into the wilderness. They are prepared. God is watching over them, protecting them, feeding them, nourishing them for the three-and-a-half years, not a rapture, but in the wilderness, and power was given him over all kindreds. So this beast, world government, is going to have power over all kindreds and tongues and nations. So he overcomes the saints that they can't do anything. He has power over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So all the people, all kindreds, tongues, nations, are going to worship the beast. And they're going to be saying, who can make war with the beast? There's nothing to resist him. Even that church, even the saints can't resist him. Get the climate. Get what's being said. There's a period of time coming on this earth. And if you're not in, revel in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now, if you're not in the wilderness, if you're not in the ark, if you're not in Goshen, if you're not in your refuge, if you're not in that place that God has prepared for you, the world is going to be saying nobody can resist him. Even those people that call themselves believers and, and saints cannot resist him. That's the environment, and it's allowed by God for three and a half years. It's allowed by God. And so for three and a half years, the, the, the world and the devil and the beast will blaspheme God because they'll be thinking that God is dead, that they have finally destroyed Jesus. They've finally destroyed God in the minds of men. And the mind control and the brainwashing and the pressure against people's lives to get them to give up and to give in is going to be so intense. I don't think 
quite frankly, that you could stand in that. That's why there's an out-of-the-way place, a place called the wilderness, get into the ark, the Goshen. I mean, you try to stand, and, and if you could amount the, the PSI pressure, um, per, pressure per square inch, I think it is, coming against your soul, well, they're already eliminating God. They're killing God. They are murdering God, and for three and a half years, it will appear that God is dead. And that's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24. If you'll remember in Matthew chapter 24, Luke 13, or Luke 21, Mark 13, listen to how Jesus put that. He says in Matthew chapter 24, in verse 9, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my namesake. All those nations just referred to in Revelation 13, going to hurt, they're going to hate the, the people for his namesake, right? And then shall many be offended because they're not able to handle this kind of persecution. Did you see that? But watch this. And they'll betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end shall be saved. And then it says that they're going to actually say to you in verse 25. Here, I want to read 25. Behold, I have told you before, wherefore, if they shall say unto you, behold, he's in the desert. Don't go forth. Behold, he's in the secret chambers. Believe it not. Um, He talks about also in other places here where the people are being seduced to deceive the very elect of God. For three and a half years, for three and a half years, 1,260 days, a one-world global governmental power is going to blaspheme everything belonging to God. God himself will be blasphemed. Jesus Christ will be blasphemed. The people of God that love the Lord will be blasphemed. The blasphemy that's coming on this earth because they will actually believe that God is dead. And the world is going to look and say, man, we thought you Christians were going to stand in the gap. But the beast overcame them too for three and a half years, meaning they could not do anything against him. Why do we talk about this? Why do we bring this up? Because that's where the timing of things right now. This is the timing of things. A convoy to Canada, a convoy to Washington, D.C., signs of the times. Signs of the times. This is the trouble, the commotion, the instability. Okay, that's what commotions means. Instability, unstable. So we're asking the question how to be stable in an unstable environment. Well, the only way that we remain stable as believers, regardless of what we can or cannot do at the time that you can't do anything and you're in the chamber or or you're you're in your place and they're trying to woo you out, hey, he's over here and over here, don't you move. The only stability will be he who builds his house upon the rock. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7 that a wise man hears the words of God and does them. He's likened to a man who built his house upon the rock and when the wind came and the, and the waters came and they, they knocked upon the house, it did not fall because it was founded upon a rock, which is representative of hearing the word of God and doing it, doing it. And it creates a stability. Regardless of the inability 
to do anything against the devil for three and a half years, you still remain stable. You endure to the end. To be in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time, you could leave this earth prematurely. Now, the question is, why would God leave people on this earth that can't do anything against the Antichrist? You know, if, if he has power to overcome the saints, that they can't do anything against him, what's the point of even being on this earth, right? Well, because God's always going to have a witness. There will be people alive and remaining when the Lord returns. And when does the Lord return? Immediately after the tribulation that Jesus spoke about in Matthew 24. Mark 13, Luke 21, the book of Revelation. So there will be people alive and remaining and enduring, stable in the wilderness, stable in their hearts, pressurized that they cannot cave into what's going on, and a world that you can't buy or sell. Because this three and a half year period of time, how they're going to try to flush people out is through their economic plan. And you know that the economic plan that's being set, again, is in Revelation chapter 13. And we're just going to read in verse 16. He causes this second beast, this religious part of the beast, I would call it, all, both small and great, rich and poor, everyone. He causes all, okay? Free and bond, everyone, to receive a mark in their right hand, or in their foreheads, and that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast, the nature, the character, the authority of the beast, or the beast will grant somebody to have something to give them authority to do, right? So no man my buyer sells that he that has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him that has understanding count the number of the beast for its number is the number of a man and his number is 600, three score and six or 666. So during the three and a half years or the 1260 days, 1200, 1260 days, you know, most of our uh, leaders tell us that if there was a lights-out scenario within 30 days, uh, like 10 million people would be dead in an electromagnetic pulse. That's what Congress told us and the experts, that within 30 days, 10 million American citizens would be dead through an electromagnetic pulse, a lights-out scenario. That's the first 30 days. And as the days go by, many more will die because... You can imagine an environment where there's no lights, uh, you know, and, and again, I think the global government's ready to break down all the systems, and I think that the last couple of years, well, they used the pandemic uh, as an excuse to lock everything down to get people out of the way so that they can insta, uh, institute their final components. I really do believe that there's a new world system coming online, and the old order has to be bro- totally broken down. And that could happen in a day, that could happen in 30 days, it could happen overnight. Uh, There's history that teaches us, uh, like the Weimar Republic, that cash could be useless in moments. Um, The whole entire economic structure of things could be completely obliterated 
and people will get upset and protest, but when the power of the bees gets strong enough, it won't matter. And so a lights out uh, and then coming out of the ashes of an electromagnetic pulse, a lights out scenario, people awaken into a new world order and it's there. And in order to buy and sell, you're going to have to do this. Now you have to mark everything from that moment. That's 1,280 days. How are you going to do 30 days down the road in the Great Tribulation? How are people going to do 500 days down the road? And realizing that 500 days isn't even halfway there yet. When you get to about 630 days, 630 days, 630 days, you're halfway there to the 1260 days. 1260 days. So 630 days into a world system, global. You can't fly. You can't travel. You can't go put your credit card in a store and get stuff. You can't use the banks. You have to pay your mortgage or your rent if you have one or your taxes. How are people going to live? There, and there's only, one, there's only one reality. And the Bible says that in Revelation 12, there will be a prepared place. He says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10, my wife's favorite scripture, Patricia's favorite scripture, that because you've been faithful and have kept the word of my patience, I will keep you from the hour of temptation that's coming on the whole earth to try them that dwell on the earth. So there's a keeping power of God. God kept Elijah um, while the Egyptian empire was being destroyed. God kept a whole nation in the wilderness, provided for them food, water, sustenance, um, because God is a God of the supernatural. And again, the only reason why we start thinking, man, what are we going to do is because we don't trust that God is able, but he is able. History tells us he's able. He's got a place already prepared. Um, there are arks that God is preparing, like in the days of Noah. Um, there are chambers that people will go into and shut the door behind them. There are places that people will be in. So there will be the keeping power of God. There will be the supernatural protection of God, the dome of his power. Uh, over areas, and that is kind of what I'm leaning on, not anything I've done to prepare personally, only out of obedience to God. Everything I've done in obedience to God, I trust that God is going to protect. You know, Noah built an ark, but God's the one that protected it uh, in the storm. So I totally believe that we have to have a spiritual balance to everything we're practically doing. But I want you to consider again that the Bible predicts this time. And you know and I know that right now the whole world system could go offline at any moment. You know it and I know it. Things can erupt in, your, in uh, what, you, Ukraine right now, in Russia, Putin, you know, invasion. You know, that's another issue going on, another prophetic sign of the times. But you and I do know, we have learned enough in the Bible, not just man's dramatic theme of things, this isn't a Hollywood script, it's a biblical script, that they have implemented the final components to bring the new world order online, economically. And the nations are going to have to respond one way or the other. 
And it seems impossible at times that that could happen in our world today. But when you start seeing the people that are involved and you start seeing protesters being treated like dogs and sent away and having no success in what they put their hand to, and then you consider an American convoy, the American convoy. Well, if it is meant to be that the people of the United States of America are going to follow their constitutional rights and their declaration of independence and unshackle themselves from this hideous form of government that is rising in our land right now that's literally demonized 80 million American citizens, well then, I would hope that the 5 million people that raise up their voice, that the sound would be empower them to win because that would certainly hinder global government if the we, the people of the United States of America, went into Washington, D.C. and took it over and shut it down and replaced the guards like the Declaration of Independence says to do. And so maybe the present uh, administration doesn't think that they're that bad. They claim to be constitutional. But they showed their fruits by the way they treated the 80 million Americans that supported Donald J. Trump, the president of the United States, they showed their fruits about people who peacefully demonstrated after a year and a half of demonic, burning, ugly, satanic protesting that hurt people, killed people, destroyed people's business, their lives, and they did nothing. So this is an evil government. There's no doubt about that. They are hypocritical. They are wicked, and they are making war with half this nation. So then the five million that would hear from the word of the Lord to speak a word of success to go in and, and, and uh, hinder their global movement, well, if it's meant to be, then that's what will be. If it's meant that this convoy will grow and gain steam and momentum and like a freight train go in and do what has to be done and stop pretending about peaceful protests because they condemn peaceful protests. Well, that means that everybody that goes should expect war. They should expect war. If you're going to peacefully protest, you just saw what happened in Canada. Their peaceful protest produced nothing but embarrassment and a power given to Justin Trudeau in that form of government up there. So if, if there's going to be a movement, a convoy, for what? To show up and have the police chase everybody home with their tail between their legs again? That's embarrassing. I guess you go with one determined purpose. And the determined purpose on January 6th was not to take over. It was to get behind the president. And if you, you know, everybody knew, you know, wanted to talk about the false election because it was told there was corruption in the election. It was stolen from a guy in the basement, you know. So, but the people that went there didn't come for war. But if there's a convoy going to D.C. right now in this present climate and environment, Let's be honest. You better go knowing it's for war to take back Washington, D.C. and to remove this present form of government. 
these tyrannical governmental powers that are terrorizing American citizens in their own land because they don't agree with them. So it is war. It would have to be war. Is that seditious? No. What is seditious is what the government has done against the American people. That's seditious. So the reaction now is either going to be one of war, because, again, Canada, tail between the legs, gone when confronted by the powers. What would be the point of that here? Maybe you can explain it to me. Yeah, there needs to be prayer tents. You know, when, uh, when the big wars and the military confrontations, from what I remember uh, in my, my history, uh, they would always have the medical tents set up because the wounded warriors in the battle would have to come and be taken care of. I remember a television program called MASH, uh, and that was all about the doctors and the nurses and the medical people taking care of the wounded warriors, right? So you, what you're talking about then, about a convoy, the We the People convoy, is a, 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 a nation that is now gathering its militia from all over the country to go to the, the capital and to take it back in war if they bring out their war. That's, that's how you have to think. Because, again, why would you get involved in a convoy to go up to Canada and as long as everybody's peaceful, you're okay. Yay, we shout, we blow trumpets, we dance, you know, trusting you're, you're, you're not. But the moment they send a little force, everybody starts backing off. And you look, uh, you know, yesterday, and the streets are clear, and there's nothing, zero, except wounded egos. The saddest day in Canada. The government did this to us. Well, what do you think the government's going to do here? The government's already done it to the people on January 6th. What do you think the government's going to plan to do right now? They're hearing about this. They're already preparing a big gate around the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Showing up, you better be ready to fight. That's all I can say. Because nothing else makes sense. Yeah, man, we went. it's like going to a football game. Get, get all your makeup on. Yeah. But you're sitting in a stadium acting like a warrior. Some guys are playing with a ball down on the field. Well, this wouldn't be that. I mean, why would you want to get, oh, yeah, go out there and then be told to go home and get shot in the bottom with a rubber bullet while you're running? No. This would only be an understanding of the times in this country and a people resisting and not allowing themselves to be shut down ruled over, intimidated, and terrorized by their own government. And recognizing that this is a juncture in the history of this nation, greater than the revolutionary battle, that all the world will have to watch. They watched Canada, and you know what the world just said? Who can make war with the beast? Look, they're all gone. Oh, they disrupted some things with travel. and They disrupted things. Those bad people, those bad protesters, those bad truckers, 
They disrupted food supply and people's needs. You bad people. Oh, they're going to demonize it. So if this whole convoy is about disrupting something, that's not going to do any good. So I don't know who the truckers are that are supposedly going to do this convoy into Washington, D.C., but they should be aware that if you're going up there and you're leading a bunch of people to get shot with rubber bullets and get gassed through tear gas or get their ears drums blown away by sound machines so that you run back, then it's a bad deal. If you're going with a determination with an armed militia from all over this country, and you've got weapons to fight too, or you've got a plan, well, that's another story. You're talking about women, you're talking about children, and I think there's a lot of bold women in our society. So it's counting the cost, isn't it? And Jesus told us that we need to count the cost. Everything we do as Christians is counting the cost. And then you have to ask yourself a question. Are you prepared to go fully armed as an American citizen and to pull the trigger on another human being? Who's leading the convoy? One man said, one of the truckers involved, said this isn't about truckers. This isn't about one individual. This is about the people. So the founding fathers of this country said, we, the people of the United States of America, we, the people, the government of this nation, we, the people, who elect people to serve our purpose. Now it's divided, supposedly, except they cheated in the elections. They've probably been doing that for a long time. So in a few days from now, we will have a full-fledged internal revolution, which Dmitry Dudeman, the prophet from Romania, said was going to happen. He said it would begin with the blacks. And I don't think he was being racist when he says it, and I'm certainly not being racist, but what he was saying is there was something George Floyd was was the spark. George Floyd, where the blacks came out and rioted and Missouri and all, you know, all the things that happened. He said it would begin with the blacks. He said, but then it would be the government dealing with internal violence. And then we would get hit from major nations and we'd be full-blown war. Man, is it lining up just like that? It's lining up just like that. So if we ixnay the convoy, and the convoy and the people say, you know what, I'm really not thinking it was for bringing a weapon and killing people and shooting at people and being shot at. Um, I just thought it would be a fun thing to do. So if we say, well, that, you know, we don't want to have our tail between our legs and we don't want to be shot with rubber bullets and run home and disperse and the power of the government flexes its muscles like Arnold Schwarzenegger, I am God. You know, if, we're, if, we're, if we don't want to see that happen, So then what is the plan? Wait. Let that power just keep encroaching into your life. One way or the other, the Antichrist is coming. One way or the other, 
He's going to come to make war with the saints and overcome them for three and a half years. One way or the other, you won't be able to buy or sell without a mark of the beast. One way or the other. So where will you be? The best thing you could do if you don't want to deal with this is take this book and throw it away. God forbid it's our wisdom tells us what to do. A wise man sees the storm coming and hides himself. Mm. Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, let's see what he said. When you see these things begin to come to pass, Okay, so he says, For then pray ye that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, known or ever shall be. So he's talking about a great tribulation, and he says, When you shall see these things begin to come to pass. I'm going to have to do something real quick. I need that scripture. Does anybody know where that scripture is? Begin to come to pass, that exact one. Uh, when you see these things begin to come to pass. Begin to come to pass. Because there's instruction on what you're supposed to do. Anybody out there? Let me see if I can do it on Patricia's phone here. Uh, she has it. I know she does. Oh, I have it. Here, I can do it right here. Sorry for the momentary rough. It's been rough today, hasn't it? Um, all right, so let's go here and begin to come to pass. Begin to come to pass. Let's see if I can get it. I hope I'm quoting it properly. Luke 21, 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draws nigh. All right, so when these things begin to come to pass, look up, for your redemption draws nigh. It's not at the moment. It's now it's time to really look up and understand what's going on because these are the beginning of sorrows leading into the great tribulation Jesus said in Matthew 24, along with that, he's talking about fleeing again into not coming down and taking anything out of your house. Where is that? So let him which is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. Neither let him which is in the field return back to take his clothes. Um, So what does he say to do? Flee. Let me, let's get that word up there. Flee. And let's go here to flee. When you see these things, flee into. All right, let's see if I can pick it up there. All right, so there it is, Matthew 24, 16, okay? Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. So look up. Don't go down into your house. Don't come back from the field. Flee. So the question is, what's the right thing to do? Is it time to convoy and fight? Is this the moment? 
or is it time to prepare to leave? Count the cost. Weigh the information. Thank you, Pastor Jeff. Um, I welcome anybody who wants to call into the broadcast today. I've just been a very rough kind of Tuesday as far as just getting things together. Um, but I hope that what we've talked about, um, the Holy Spirit can take to your heart and give understanding because it is a critical moment. And if Dimitri Dudeman is right, here's the prediction. And this has nothing to do with what I'm going to be sharing on Sunday except for this side of things. Um, if Dimitri Dudeman is right, there's going to be a convoy, and they're not going to go away with rubber bullets, tear gas. If there's a convoy into Washington, D.C. to do like a boa constrictor to choke it out, to take it down, to take it back, to replace the guards... The prediction from Dimitri Dudeman is that it's going to happen. This is the exact timing of it happening. Starts with the blacks, George Floyd, and then the internal revolution. This is the exact time, which tells me it's going to happen. That would be the prediction of the prophet, Dimitri Dudeman. I've got a call coming in. I'm more than happy to take that call. And let's say good morning to our dear friends, as always, in, uh, where am I here? South Dakota. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. This is a very solemn Speaking that is being done this morning through your program. And uh, as I'm listening, these words came to me. Prepare for impact, our nation. And uh, it is beginning to have impact on our nation and what this Dimitri Dudeman brought out years ago. So it's here. It started. Yeah, well, you were the, uh, Kathy, um, some people may not know, and others may have already heard, that you had the opportunity many, many years ago to receive Dimitri Dudeman into your home, and he stayed with you, and you took him to different places to bring the word of the Lord, um, and it was his message, if I'm not mistaken, that said it would begin with the blacks, and then it would be... Um, all going on inside the country, and then we would get hit from without in a, in a nuclear war. Is that correct? That is correct. And the one thing I believe that God's people that are his called and chosen people, we must always remember this. And he reminded me as I took him to the airport, him and his grandson. He said, if we are... Because of obedience and faithfulness to God Almighty, God will keep us through this until the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 
in all what has to be fulfilled according to the word of God. That's it. Amen. Yeah, it is a sober moment, and uh, I appreciate you bringing it to that matter. I, I think it really is a sobering moment, and God is good, Kathy. And uh, we're going to stand by and watch. Amen. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Bye-bye. Amen. Bye-bye to you. I don't mean stand by and watch as a spectator in that meaning, by the way. Um, We are called to watch and be sober. Um, So we are watching and we are looking at things. Jesus uh, never wanted his disciples to ignore world events. Never. He was upset with them that said, oh, you could tell the color of the sky, but you don't discern the signs of the times. So we must discern the signs of the times that he spoke about so that we can understand in our generation at the end of the end of the ages what it is we're to do. Now, there's a plan for God's people. There's a prophetic encouragement that will shake the world. There's a message from the throne of heaven that will shake the earth. I tell, I'm telling you, if God's people will have an ear to hear, you go to church Sunday morning and you're just coming out of religious tradition, forget it. Don't even do it. Don't even bother coming. If you're coming to hear the words of God and you, and you're, you, you already took care of your soup on the stove and you're not going to think about it an hour into the service, if, you know, I'm just telling you, If the word and the message that God has for our generation falls through the cracks of our worldliness or our being distracted by things going on in the world, just forget it. If there are cisterns, if there are vessels that are not broken, that they've been laboring to get themselves intact so that God could flow in and out of them the way he wants to, God has a word for this moment. And it's just incubating right now. And I'm praying for the anointing to take hold of this message and to to become one with it. I've never been so absolutely, the last time I went through this is when God blew the trumpet in my spirit and said, Vincent, you're a pioneer. And he called me into that message, that moment, that reality, that biblical uh, territory of the church, the prophetic third day of the Lord Jesus Christ. I remember being so overwhelmed by all of that. And it's not dead and gone. It has more meaning today than it ever did. There's this thing that's happening right now. You know, I'm more blown away right now than I've ever been in my life, if you want to know the truth. I can't believe this. I'm in shock. My brother just sent me this. I can't read it to you. I'm going to have to take it down as another note, though. Anybody else would like to call into the broadcast, 818-369-0326. Let's take a look at some of our chat room chat going on here. And uh, remember, 818-369-0326. Press 1 on your dial pad. And uh, what I'll do is I'll put that up there right now. Just we got a few minutes if you're interested in saying anything out loud. Um, again, Shirley Wolseley is with us today. God bless Shirley and Mike. We love them so much. They came to visit us from Texas last week. It was awesome. Or nearly two weeks ago, I guess it's been now. Um, <clears throat> Cindy Messman is with us. Okay, Cindy, I remember we need a haircut when we get back. ASAP. Let's set it up quick, okay? <laughs> um, 
Diane said, uh, saints of God, be still and know that I am God. Okay, we had that one. Um, when you return, bring some sunshine and warmer weather from Denny Sossman. Pastor Denny, I certainly will. I hope in the spirit too. Um, Pastor Melissa Flesher has been with us today. Uh, God bless Pastor Melissa and Chad. We love them so very much. Uh, Miriam and Phil are with us this morning. God bless Miriam and Phil. Jody Keene. Jody, we missed you down in being Sarasota um, last week. Um, we are being boxed in, pressed through in the spirit, she says. So don't be boxed in, saints, but pressed through in the spirit. Kevin Hauger said it's quite funny. Trudeau, vaccinated, boosted, got COVID. The Queen of England and her son got COVID, and they had been vaccinated and boosted. Very funny. Uh, that would be difficult to get everyone. Okay, Kevin's referring to the 5 million or 50 million. Uh, that would be difficult to get everyone together to do that. The churches can't come together. You're right on about that. I believe that's a, a, a truth, if you will. All right, let's go on. Cindy Messman said we can have a prayer tent for people and win souls that way. Let's do that. That's great if it's to be. Uh, Brian and Kathy Gray. Brian writes, I'm watching the official convoy group on Telegram. All it will take is one foolish person and one foolish act to bring the full force of the U.S. government on the entire convoy. There is more than one on the chat group. All right. So what does that look like, the full force of the United States military? Will U.S. military soldiers wage war against their own citizens? That's a question that's been asked many times. If you are for the USA, you're to protect the homeland from domestic or foreign terrorism. So would they believe that the 80 million patriots, Christians, conservatives are the terrorists? And would they make war with them? I don't know. I don't know. Well, having said that, we're at 1046. We've got a few minutes left in the broadcast. 818-369-0326. Press one on the dial pad. I don't think anybody could deny that today is uh, a very critical moment in the history of the world, but I see two sides of the day. And the one side of the day is everything we just talked about, but there's another side of the day. And it's growing brighter and brighter every moment. Brighter and brighter every moment. Sift through the information that was just shared with you today, along with everything else you're getting, sift through it on purpose. Look for the answers. What are you supposed to be doing with your life right now that God gave you? It's late. I can assure you that it is late. The end of the world as we know it, that's what Peter wrote to his generation, the end, of the, the end of all things is at hand. We could say it in our generation. The end of all things is at hand as we know it. The end of the ability to harvest souls, the end of the ability to bring the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, the end of all things is at hand. The end of liberties, the end of freedoms as we've known them, 
The end of all things is at hand in this world, on this earth, in this nation and around the world. The end of all things is at hand. But that means there's something brand new has to begin. And it's just on the other side of what we have to go through as one age closes out and a new age dawns. You have to go right through something. That's it for me. Oh, I do got a call. I think this call came in. Let's give this call here. Good morning, area code 605. Is this Brother Ken with us today? Yes, it is. Can you hear me? Hi, Ken. Yes, I hear you good. Good morning. Um, yeah, what what um, Brian was saying is very true. If Antifa were to infiltrate in with the truck drivers, we would end up, we would have rioting, we would have protest, we would have whatever. So no matter what the truck drivers try to do, if they get infiltrated by some group or whatever, um, they will fail as much or maybe even worse than Canada did. Yeah, it's an excellent point. Um, and again, if, if they can infiltrate, that simply means um, that they will prematurely pull a trigger or something to that effect um, but again, if you're going in this convoy and it's not for any other purpose, I mean, if you're going for any other purpose than to stand, um, and fight, then it winds up like Canada. And what's the point in it? What's the use of it? What are your thoughts about that? You already heard of more or less. I feel that as far as, um, we are so far into this that as far as the truck drivers, Praise God for them, but I don't know that they can do anything with this because I feel they'll have problems before they get to Washington or once they get there with um, some sort of infiltration into them that's going to go to the other side. And it doesn't have to be a truck driver. It can be just people trying to gather and... um, it's happened so heavily in the past. I feel that it will continue to go in that direction. I believe we're beyond it. You say that they're going to be armed. I'm not. I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. Very good. So. Let me just, I, I'm hearing a little backlash, Ken. Let me just put you on pause for a second on the line here. Uh, Kevin Hauger just wrote, and I think this would be kind of in the conversation we're having right now. Uh, two, maybe three weeks ago, he said China and Russia signed an agreement that China will fund them for access to Russia's oil. That day I heard that the nations to the north would start gathering together for the battle against Israel. Boy, does that sound prophetic too, huh? Uh, Brian and Kathy said that is the focus in terms of international events. Yeah. So you got this focus going on, what's happening in Russia and Putin, and I guess he called for an invasion yesterday. Uh, The emergency uh, war power, the Emergency Power Act is on. It was supposed to end on March 1st. It's not going to end. It's going to be extended in this country, which means that we're not under the Constitution. We're no longer under the Constitution right now. And I don't think a lot of people – 
understand that their constitutional rights are gone. If anybody could confirm that, I would love for a confirmation. The Emergency Powers Act means that our constitutional rights are suspended at this moment. I would love a confirmation if anybody out there could actually do that because that's what they said yesterday and that's what was heard. And I'd love to know if that's the truth. I guess we'll do a little bit more study on that and uh, maybe looking at tomorrow. We'll have Brian and Kathy with us. They'll be joining us all the way from the island of uh, Kauai. And I know that they're getting to their point where they're on their way here. What an interesting time to come to the USA. Hey, Brian and Kathy, what an interesting time. May God do some amazing things. I know he's got some amazing things in store. But having said that, folks, uh, let me just ask Ken if he's gotten everything out he wanted to say. Ken, did you share everything on your heart you wanted to? Not, uh, well, as far as right now, we have midterm coming up in November. And, and as of right now, people need to get out and they need to vote. And as far as I feel that Washington has taken over, and if the votes are honest this time compared to the last time, um, the people, if they get out and vote and vote in the right direction. I hear there's like roughly 30 Democrats in, in both houses in uh, Washington that are possibly going to say, we are not running this next time because of the fact we've know, we know we're already losing the people. And I pray to God that that's the case. Hmm. Hmm. I hope so, too. Uh, Kathy, are you listening right now? I Dennis think Kathy? she got off. Oh, she did. I think, Benson, I think Kathy's got off. The okay. So she needs to know that uh, Sister Sally, Pastor Sally, just uh, texted me and said, Kathy from South Dakota this morning just confirmed what I heard this past Friday around noon. I heard in my spirit, clear as anything, prepare for impact, those exact words. So those exact words were just spoken of. All right, Ken, let me get on to another call. Thank you for your input and insight. We appreciate it. Get out and vote is what you're saying while we can, kind of keep it as normal as possible, right? Praise God. Amen. Amen. God bless you, sir. We love you. All right, let's take our next call, area code 916. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Oh, good morning, Pastor Vincent. Good morning, Brother Mark. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just fine. I'm bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, a little bit chilly, but I'm staying warm, don't you know? Amen. Amen. What's on your mind today, sir? Well, I just had a really quick comment. Um, I'm just so grateful. I I just want to say on behalf of my wife and myself how grateful we are to the Lord God, how grateful we both are to the Holy Spirit for having redirected us and turned us away from the distraction and the deceptions of the world the distraction and the deception of the news media and the internet and television, how grateful we are now that we really are turning our attention more and more to the Holy Scriptures of the Bible, to the Word of God. In the news media and on the internet and in movies and in television, 
the message portrayed is always deception and always evil. There's very little genuine information. There's very little pure information available on those media. But the information that we encounter and that we seek out and that we receive in the Word of God as stated in the Bible, that is pure information. It's truthful information. It's the Lord's instruction book and the Lord's love letters to us. And, and thank God that we no longer pay attention to the stuff of the world and that the stuff of the world is no longer important to me and Cindy. What is important to us is the Word of God and the instructions that we receive, and specifically about how to participate in and take care of the members of the body of Christ, the members of our ecclesia. We're just extremely grateful, Pastor, and that's our story, and we're sticking to it. Excellent. Well said. God bless you. That's how everybody should be doing it, is listening to the Word and doing what it says it will be the stability in unstable times. Amen. 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 All right, brother. God bless you. Stay warm out there. What's the temperature? Just curious. Cold. I, I don't have a read on the exact temperature, but it's cold, and the temperature is dropping. Ooh. Ooh. So sorry that you guys are yeah, in that situation. It's all good. We've got our firewood. We've got our kindling. I've got matches and candles, so we're, we're all right. <laughs> all right, very good. Let me see. I just got to see. I know it's 77 degrees here right now, but I won't tell anybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, so you, my goodness. You guys are at 25, and uh, right now you're at 25 degrees, and it looks like you're going up. It's going to go up for you today. You're going to get oh. uh, in a high 39, I think. It, it seems to be dropping right now because it's starting to sleet. There's ice coming down out of the air. Oh, how fun. Okay. Well, let's see. <laughs> All right. So you're going to be, yeah, you're going to go down to 16 today. So it is going to get down. All right. So stay warm. God bless. Love everybody. And by the way, if you uh, wouldn't mind, Mark, thanks for the call. I appreciate it so much. We'll see you. You're, you're welcome, brother. God bless God you. God bless you. All right. For everybody that stayed with us today, we want to just give uh, God praise that we got through this today. Um, if you would be interested in uh, helping our ministry, supporting the ministry, there's an email address or a, a P.O. box address there. Right now you could send a gift to Decatur, Arkansas, 72722. Another thing you can do online is simply go to the uh, nwmglobal.org under the donations tab, which is right there. And, of course, you could always roll over to omegaradio.org and give a donation there as well. So we thank you. We are listener-supported. We don't have any gimmicks, as you know. Uh, we just trust that as you support us that you partner with us and that God will bless you. And I hope we've been a blessing to you, uh, giving the information we have and um, trying to balance these moments. As I said, uh, this weekend we'll be sharing another side of the moment um, message. I think it's going to be a profound word of God, and I want people to really prepare themselves to hear the word and to receive the word that uh, we're going to be reading here. So having said that, folks, we love you. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow, and let's see what happens. Let's see what happens in the world today. Shalom. The kingdom is sure, by the way. Amen.